the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and welcome to another edition of Top Video Game Tracks. And this is a series where we like to walk through some of our favorite video game music. Dean has the week off. Filling in for him is multiple-time guest Mark. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Tim. Always nice to be here. Is it always nice to be here, Mark? You supply me with bourbon. (laughs) It definitely (laughs) helps the equation. It's true. It's true. I do that. That made me sound like an alcoholic, but... I'm that kind of friend. It's no, no, it's no mystery that we enjoy beverages on this ep- on the show. We've uh, we've stated that many times before. Um, yes, I'm very much looking forward to this, Mark. This is just one of my most favorite things to talk about. Do you know what though, Tim? And I think you knew this already. I'm uh, I'm a little worried. This this uh, we're running. I'm running low on tunes. I'm not gonna lie. Like, running low on tunes. What does that mean? I mean, like, I haven't been playing too many new games lately. And... That's not part of it. That was never a prerequisite. Was to, uh, well, to play you games. know, I, I'm happy to look for new video game music. Actually, I'm really happy to do that. But I just, I'm not doing it from a place of experience anymore. It's more just new, which yeah, is okay, that's I fine. guess. But... I'm, I'm doing a similar thing. I've got some in here from the past that I love and. Um, yeah, I, I found several new tracks this time that I hadn't heard before. So, well, that's part of the experience. That's part of the fun <laughs> is like going to YouTube, watching, you know, hours and hours of mi- music on there and just finding stuff that you like. That's part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I did that for a few of the tracks for sure. But, um, anyway, it's, it's changing the dynamic. So, okay. Uh, well, that's fine. I don't think anybody will notice anything, Mark. But duly noted that your passion is running thin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't quite put it like that, but you okay. know. Then I retract that from the record. <laughs> Stricken. Uh, preparing for these episodes is just my favorite. I I just binge video game music for like a couple weeks <laughs> trying to come up with, you know, my list and what I think, you know, I'd like to share with people and what should be on this list, this second episode. Um, I finalized my list and then it probably changed 10 times. Yeah. You seem to have an unending well of (laughs) video game music to go to. Whereas I have the opposite problem where I get like five and then the last week I basically just scramble for the the remaining, which is fine. Um, No, it's, it's definitely fun. It is absolutely fun to do. And, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I do have a, like a wealth to pull from. Um, after our last episode, I was just so excited. I just went out and got 
so many different tracks. It was just like, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. And I have them all in a folder. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this time it was just pulling from that folder and kind of getting the 10 in place. Oh, okay. But that changed so many times. And then um, after listening to all the tracks so many times, I'm like, these are all boring. I need new stuff, you know, new content. So I went out and found even new tracks that uh, I added to the folder and some that made it into this episode. So, well, I imagine too, there is just an, like a huge ocean of tracks out there that neither of us have heard, particularly me. Uh, and I feel like there are probably people listening that are going like, why the hell aren't they mentioning this one or that oh, one? Or, of course. You know, um, but the reality is I haven't played too many new games in the last, well, 20 years, really. So yeah. <laughs> there's like a lot out there that I haven't even heard. So I'm sure there's, uh, anyway. Right. Yeah. So a lot of this is coming from our past and yeah. tracks that we grew up with and tracks we love, tracks we have memories of. Right. But, you know, that's, n- that's going to wear thin. You know, we, we changed up the format to, you know, we started with just NES tracks. We opened that up to all sorts of tracks. Right. Um, but that, you know, there's there's still huge areas of like games and genres of games that I have never played before. So I'm never going to be able to pull something from you know, Pokemon, let's say maybe there's amazing tracks in Pokemon. I've never played one of the games. So, you know, my only way to find that is to search Pokemon music and I'll do that and, you know, try to find it that way. But, um, the point is just this, these lists are by no means definitive. Like we're not trying to claim we're some authorities necessarily on, uh, Oh no, hell no. (laughs) These are just games that we like. Yeah, definitely not. No, these, these are just tracks that I like, like these yeah. are, this is, this is 10 tracks I would listen to, um, any day of the week. Yeah. I would have them on my phone. I would pull them up. I would listen to them and I would enjoy them and I would love them. And, uh, yeah, if the listeners can get, you know, a couple tracks here that maybe they want to listen to in the future, I think that's great. And otherwise it's just, this is just fun listening for the ears. Yeah. So. All right. You convinced me I'll do another one. <laughs> okay. Keep our. Um, okay. So we've done a few of these already. Uh, people should know the drill, but a quick refresher is we've each brought 10 tracks here today to share. We'll be going back and forth one by one through the list. We'll say something brief about the track and then move on. And we have previously shared our list with each other so that we know what each other has. And it just gave us a chance to react to it off air and, you know, formulate some opinion opinions about that track. So we did that last time. It worked really well. We did it again. Okay. Uh, it's my turn to go first, Mark. Oh, well, okay. So I'm going to do that. All right. All don't right. try to talk me out of it. It's I, my turn. Tim, don't do that. Let me go first. We have to play by the rules here. So my number 10 is a pretty busy track. It always made me uncomfortable when I was playing the level. Because you're trying to be stealth and not alert the guards to your presence. And this track is so fucking noisy, I feel like it's going to give me away. And it is from 1997's GoldenEye for the N64. I have Severnaya Bunker 1 by Grant Kirkhope. Thank you. 
So the GoldenEye soundtrack is full of great options, but this is probably my most memorable. And I think it's a mix of it being like a really good track that I loved and also a level that I got stuck on for a really long time. So it's just memorable for that reason. Just one that I, you know, you hear so often because you can't get past the level. The track has a really nice composition, starting with a simple bass line and uh, in comes a nice melody. There's lots of taps and dings and shushes and tings in there. So those are three layers. And then as the song progresses to the midway, the melody disappears and the bass line completely changes and takes over. Then near the end, with the bass line still going, the melody comes back in the form of the Bond theme. So I thought it was a really well-crafted piece of music because you've got the three layers of sort of sounds that happen with like the, the bass, the melody, and the tings and dings. And then the, the track itself has three stages that it goes through. So it's kind of like three layered on three. So I thought that was a, a pretty good, good way to build, build the track. Well, Tim, I know how much you love that game. Um, I think the music does what it's supposed to do, which is help immerse you in the level. I'm not as familiar with the level as you, but it definitely has that element of like, you're somewhere where you shouldn't be in your bond and you have to like pull it off kind of thing. So... Yeah, it had a nice build. Uh, I definitely agree with everything you said. Side note about that level, Severn Iron Bunker 1, is that the level's under construction, and you'll go down some corridors, and you'll hit dirt walls because the level's unfinished. And then later in the game, maybe 10, la 10 levels later, you'll come back to that level, and the construction is now finished. So you'll go to those dirt mm. wall areas, and it's now fully finished level that you get to explore. Huh. So I didn't know that. There's a really like really neat thing they did with the game there. It just made it it made it feel real. It hmm. was uh, a lot of fun. So you already know half the level because you've done it already, but the other areas are brand new. That's pretty cool. All right, Mark, what's your number ten? My number ten is uh, from an old NES game called T and C, which I just found out stands for Town and Country surf design um i'm pretty sure it's the only <laughs> song sorry the only track in the entire game uh so the composer went for the approach of make one really really good one and that will cover me for the entire game which to be fair is not a bad strategy so so yeah it's just the level music from tnc surf design go ahead and play it Okay, so like, first of all, that's just an awesome tune, but I love how it starts off very threadbare. It's just the basic 
repeating kind of melodic thing. And it sounds a little bit uncertain. It sounds like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. You're on a skateboard or you're surfing and suddenly you're going up against this obstacle course. And then the bass kicks in. And it's, I swear to God, all musicians need to do for bass is just play the same note effectively <laughs> over and over and it just yeah. helps everything. And it sort of gives it some drive and a little bit of stability. And then the bass changes, but the melody stays the same. But that change suddenly makes it feel a little bit more confident. Now, the whole time you're listening to this, you're skateboarding or surfing. My favorite dynamic is if you screw up, you have to start again and the music starts again. So you don't get to hear the whole thing unless you actually pull off the level without screwing up. So it's like an incentive to play well. And then if you do play well enough, you get to that crazy solo and it's like the ultimate reward and you're already in the middle of this awesome run and like the solo kicks in, you just feel like you're crushing this game and it's an awesome feeling. Um, so it's, it's an interesting kind of minimalistic approach that brings or enhances the engagement with the game and makes you feel the game more, which of course we've talked about is what music's supposed to do. So, Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, this is one I considered actually for, oh, really? for my list. Yeah. I didn't know you knew it. Oh, I love, I love TNC Surf Design. Oh, cool. Yeah, huge fan. Uh, the surfing is so fucking hard. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can kind of master the skateboarding, but I never really mastered the surfing. But awesome game. Uh, great example of the music really pushing you through the level. Yeah. And, you know, what you said there about how you don't get the music unless you get to a certain spot. So yeah. that's an even, that's an added layer yeah. on what we've talked about where if music is upbeat enough, it feels like it's helping you move through yes, the level. This one, you're actually yeah. like, you don't get the right music until you get far enough. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. And yeah, I always remember when that bass kicks in, I'm always going so fast at that point. Yeah. And then, you know, inevitably, inevitably a wipeout comes after that. So yeah. Uh, fun game though. I've got it. I've still have it on the NES here. We could boot it up and play it. Well, the surfing, I think everyone... I went wrong because I didn't realize that the whole point is you're just supposed to stay alive. That's the, like in the skateboarding, you're going somewhere and the right. surfing, you're just supposed to stay in the same spot and not die. Yeah. And if you do that, eventually you can go to the pier and that's how you beat the level. Yeah. But if you don't know that you keep screwing, you keep screwing up because you're just trying to get somewhere and you're not going to get there. So. Yeah. All right. The Tim, next, what's your number nine? The next one I have is a really fun and catchy track from an insanely difficult game that I have horrible memories of. <laughs> My number nine is from 1986's Wonder Boy for the Sega Master System. It is the level one theme by Ryuichi Nishizawa. And I say level one because that's where you first hear it, but it ends up playing for like 75% of the game.
So we traded our NES for a Sega at one point when I was younger. And this was one of the first games we got for the Sega. And it's really, really fun for a really short amount of time. Hmm. It just get it's so hard. Like as much as I played it, which was a ton, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever got past level one, two. Really? Yeah. That's how hard it was for a kid. So I never played Wonder Boy one. I played Wonder Boy in Monsterland, which I those really... are way better. Like they made a great pivot to go to sort of yeah, like, like the RPG uh, style in a way. I think I remember seeing Wonder Boy one was a bit rough, right? Yeah, it's rough. It's for sure rough. Um, yeah, but th- this track is memorable for all the wrong reasons for me. <laughs> so if I hear it, I'm like, I hate that game, but I love that track. But uh, yeah, I do think it's a interesting and fun concept for the time, like this game. Mm-hmm. Like it comes out in 86, the same year that Metroid comes out, Castlevania, Kid Icarus. That's some uh, stiff competition. Yeah, Bubble Bobble, Rampage. Uh, all those games were very different from each other, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um but I just think like they had something with Wonder Boy, but they weren't able to maybe like have enough time to finish it or polish it because mm. it's just something was definitely missing from it. But the core idea is there. So, I mean, it's a good arcade game because it's the type of game where you can throw in a couple of quarters. Mm-hmm. You can play for a bit. It was fun, but you don't need to go any, any further. Yeah. Mm. And it started in the arcade. So just the uh, Sega port. Right. It's just... It's not the type of game you actually want to grind out for like five hours. It's so frustrating. <laughs> but uh, you're up. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned Metroid. I'm not going back to the original, although I could. Uh, last time I chose a track from Super Metroid from the level Meridia, which is this like dark, somehow sandy underwater world. Uh, there's two tracks to every Super Metroid level, uh, or Super Metroid area, I should say. So I'm doing the other one for Meridia. Um, this one is called Swampy Caverns. Now, um, just a note, I'm not saying the composer names because I forgot to write them down ahead of time. So Tim is better prepared. But um, anyway, uh, I love these composers. And this is Super Metroid for Meridia, Swampy Caverns. So, some interesting concepts musically going on here. So, uh, first of all, just the sound of it, like the harmonies chosen and everything, are very much aligned with the aesthetic of the level. Again, this is some dark under-ocean area with alien creatures and, you know, just a strange environment where you get that wonderful Metroid isolation lost feeling. 
uh, in this one. But the idea is you take a simple melodic fragment, you repeat it a couple of times, but every time you repeat it, again, it's the same melody, but it's almost actually like TNC Surf with that bass line changing. You change the harmony, and even though it's the same melody, the harmony makes it seem like it's moving forward every time it repeats until you kind of get this point where they put on a little resolution. So the first melodic fragment's kind of going up to down, up to down, up to down. And then the second one's going down to up and down to up. Hmm. So it's just playing around with these little architectures of the music can make a really effective uh, track without needing to get overly complex with it. So I thought it was just really skillfully done in a number of different ways. Yeah, that's a nice track. Um, I actually like that one better than the... The other one? The first part of mm. the level, the Sandy Desert. Yeah, it's a little bit more interesting for me. Well, one of the things that I I think of when I hear this track is just the idea that any Metroid track from Metroid 1 or 2, I feel would work in any level in the game. Mm. Uh, you could just, you could transpose them anywhere and it would still be fine. It would just, that would just be the memory you had of that level. And it, right. and I feel like it would work because they do such a great job of having such a like tight continuity in their sound. Right, right, they really sure. like take time to make sure everything sounds like it belongs in this yeah, world. Yeah. And because of that, I feel like you could just shuffle things around with, with no problem. Yeah. That actually reminds me of our last uh, one where we talked about that with Castlevania. Yeah. We had different sort of uh, takes on what does and doesn't belong in the world of Castlevania. Yeah. Um, but when a composer is able to keep that consistency, I think that, that like a good music album, right? If you have like a full album where every track belongs, the whole album itself kind of gets a, a character of its own, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a great point. Up to you, man. All right, from a game I've never played and know nothing about... <laughs> I just like the way the track sounds. My number eight is from 1995's Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. The track is called Corridors of Time by Yasunori Mitsuda. So the track plays in a few different spots in the game. And the coolest use of it is in the Kingdom of Zeal. Now, I know all this because I researched it. Mm. But Chrono Trigger is an RPG, so you have a team. And your team's in, like, the snow-covered mountains. Mm -hmm. And, man, do they ever do a great job of just the cold wind blasting. Mm -hmm. Like, 
great sound effects of the wind. There's snow flying across the screen at you. You can tell nobody wants to be there. And then you go into a temple and you teleport to the kingdom of Zeal, which are basically floating mountains in the sky oh, that cool. are lush and green with blue waterfalls. Oh, nice. It's the opposite of this snow world that you were just stuck in. And like, it just seems like the perfect es- ex- escape out of there. Yeah, that's an interesting context. And just you describing that game makes me, again, I, I was so into RPGs at the time and somehow one of the best that was made <laughs> escaped my notice. But yeah, just from your description alone, like that sounds fucking cool. It looked fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I think you'd love it. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a full sounding track. It's pretty busy, but I still find it like really pleasing to listen to. Yeah. I, I feel like it gives off an air of safety as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to be worried in the game. Um, it feels more like you're like somewhere ready for a, a reward or you're going to be in an area that you're going to explore rather mm. than like a battle scenario. Yeah. So uh, yeah. just uh, all in all, I like it. And I think the steel drum is a nice touch in that track. Yeah, and you know, I listening to this reminded me that I used to listen to the Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, and I remember Chrono Cross soundtracks um, at work, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago or something. And uh, so I got quite familiar with Chrono Trigger, and I can tell you that this track, like the some of the melodies and stuff are actually from other tracks. So like, it's one of these games where they kind of recycle, not in like a, uh, dull repetitive way but they take a, a motif and they play with it in different tracks as the game goes interesting mm-hmm. i wonder if that comes through in the gameplay at all like i wonder if those motifs oh, are gameplay I'm... related and they kind of connect them that way i wouldn't be surprised yeah i yeah. wouldn't be surprised but again i don't know well, i, I don't know chrono know trigger is like widely regarded as one of the best rpgs of all time oh yeah so yeah 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 and i mean for good reason from what i've read about it and seen yeah. so Cool. All right. Uh, you're number eight. Okay. Um, another NES game. Now, this speaking of our, well, it wasn't really an RPG. Um, it's a game called Faxanadu, which is a very, very weird game for a lot of reasons. This, the soundtrack being one. This game has some of the most bizarre but awesome music I've ever heard in a like chiptunes NES game. The game itself was fun. I remember beating it. It was really hard. But it was one of those games that I gravitated to as a kid or a teenager or whatever, and it just, like, hit the spot. Uh, And I think this was on my honorable mentions the first time we did the NES one. Oh, yeah, And I just eh? never, I don't know, but, like, you know what? It absolutely deserves credit, so. Oh, it's uh, the Mist level from Fexanity. I think it's called World of Mist. World of Mist. Thank you. Thank you. 
So I always like to talk about the way the song feels or like the aesthetic. First of all, World of Mist and the game itself, parts of the screen are obscured by kind of a mist of sorts. Cool. Um, but the, the, the initial melody harmony duo, it kind of feels like it's uncertain. It's like it's going somewhere, but it's going nowhere. And that's exactly what's happening to you in the game. Like, trust me, that game, you can get fucking lost. Um, so you're kind of going through it and this music's giving the right feel. And then I guess that really busy part, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what that composer did, but like some of the complexities that they visit in terms of the harmony, in terms of like just all the, the different fragments that are going on at the same time. Like it's remarkable, like prominent 20th century composers tried to write music that complex that was kind of like pushing atonality and yet uh, not making it as coherent as this track is. Like it's still coherent, no matter how kind of messy and busy it gets, it's still very much sounds like music. Hmm. I don't know if that made any sense, but it did to me. So that's what counts, right? Possibly, possibly not. But <laughs> they might have just been over my over my um, musical level pay grade. <laughs> but I th- no, I think I know what you're talking about because um, it does sound. It kind of sounds noisy, um, mm-hmm. and almost like if you like put a three year old on some some symbols or something like just like ting 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 but but you're right it is kind of going somewhere like it has a purpose it it knows what it's doing but it just doesn't care early on if you know what it's doing right yeah no that's true i wouldn't quite say it's a three-year-old playing symbols so that would be okay sorry it's a a bit harsh five-year-old seven okay seven Seven, uh, seven-year-old. Um, I loved this track. I hadn't heard this one before. Mm. So this was one of the ones that you brought that I really, really liked. I loved hearing it. I totally remember the buzz around Faxanadu. Really? Eh? Oh, the marketing push for this game was really? huge. Probably the biggest marketing push I remember for a Nintendo okay. game. I thought it was some obscure game that not many people knew about. No, no. Well, no, they pushed the shit out of this one. This oh, was I didn't like know this that. was in all the um, Nintendo Power magazines and um, huh. always advertisements for it. I remember. It's uh, a worthy game. Like, honestly, it's like rough in certain ways, but yeah. like, it's also really interesting. I, I just knew it was going to be the type of game I don't like playing, so I never got around oh. to it. But yeah, I, I remember I remember the buzz. Now, this was interesting because there is a section in here that sounds exactly like music from a game Puznik, which is another oh, track shit. I almost I, brought to the game. I was thinking of Puznik because you you showed me that game and I played through it. I actually beat that game at that one point. That game is so tough, man. It's tough, It's yeah. so much fun, though. Yeah. Um, it's just like matching blocks up, but in a, a super, super fun way. Yeah. But I like I it was so similar to the point where I actually checked if the composers were the same person oh. because I just thought they maybe just copied some of it into the other game, but mm-hmm. they're completely different, mm-hmm. but it sounds so similar. It just has such yeah, a, it's a different composer, different composer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Such an interesting vibe to that though. I really liked that track. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, you're up. From one of the earlier multiplayer games that I loved, you would only get to hear this track if you entered the code for 30 lives because it's late in the game and there's no way you're getting there on three men. (laughs) 
My number seven is from 1986 is Contra for the mm. NES. It's the track from the Energy Zone level, and it is from Hidenori Mezawa. Yeah, so this track totally rips. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I like. Mm-hmm. I could run to this or work out to this. <laughs> I feel like it's meant for skydiving, like for pumping you up to jump out of a plane. <laughs> uh, you need a little more than this to get me to jump out of a plane, but yeah, I get your message. Uh, this is another one that definitely like chases you through the level. Like yeah. you're just like, I- I'm a soldier, machine guns. Fuck yeah! I just picked up spread. Totally. Let's go. And you're just burning your way through that level. And the funny thing is, is that up until that point, for the most part, that's what you've been doing. But this is the level where they're like, no, you actually need to slow down. If you just try to blast your way through it, you'll get killed a hundred (laughs) times. You actually have to like slow down and go very, very slow and avoid a lot of fire traps. So it's really interesting that like this music is just like, do you know what though? It's so fast and like just pushing you, but it's like it's like <laughs> it's kind of like working against you in a right. way. Right. You know. Well, but here's the thing: like, you know, have you watched speedruns at all of people like that just absolutely dominate well, the game? I, of course, I've watched speedruns, but I haven't watched a speedrun of Contra. Well, so the thing is, I think your reward for putting in the hours to actually master something that difficult is when you do it, then the music you get to enjoy right. at that level, right? Right. Yeah, that would be, that's a good point. That would that'd be very rewarding. Tim, maybe it's just that level. you aren't good enough at the game. To hey, enjoy the... I beat that game <laughs> with thirty men and a partner who also had thirty men, and we tried it several times. How many times. men did you have left at the end? Not many. That doesn't matter though. <laughs> it, it doesn't tell you at the end how many men you're left with. It just says you beat the game. You see the credits. Tim, it matters. I hate to bring it to you. Well, hey now, I love the part in the middle of the track. Uh, it's got like a weird sound and it almost sounds like the beat stops for a fraction of a second. Like, I feel like there's a, a very, very, very small piece where there's no sound at all, mm-hmm. or, or they just have like, you know, sort of muted it a little bit. It's just, it's a lot quieter mm-hmm. and it makes for a really interesting sound. Like The same thing happened in, might've been the NES tracks, but there's a Mega Man track the track actually stops for a second, mm. kind of pauses and then yeah. picks up again. Right. And I just found that really, really interesting. And I think they're doing it here in a lesser way. Like it's not as pronounced, more but subtle, I, yeah. yeah, it's more subtle, but I still think it, it still kind of like made me feel that same way. Uh, Contra has a lot of great tracks, but uh, mm-hmm. this one was my favorite. Damn, I love it. It's a great track. Yeah. And like the idea. You better love it, Mark. Oh man. Or else. Well, should I sign off here or what's the deal? No. (laughs) 
are you out of tracks? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> is that your ploy? Tim, you're just pressuring me. Come in here, me. get to get to you're pressuring number, me too much. Get to number eight and then back out because of something I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in it for the long haul. But no, <laughs> what you're talking about is is I think, and again, it comes down to what a lot of these tracks do well is there's enough going on that's stable and predictable that you can have a little piece of it that's playing outside of the box kind of thing, right? And it, it's still glued in because everything else is pulling you back. So even if that little piece of it is, as long as it's balanced, that little piece is off time or off beat or off harmony, it can still work if there's enough driving there to kind of keep it anchored. And that's why I've invited you to these episodes, Mark, because that is exactly what I wanted to say. But all I said was nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate that. And uh, you are up for number seven. All right. Let me see. Ah, Tim, I'm sorry. I had to choose one from a game that I know you hate. I'm surprised you, I'm surprised you brought this to the episode. We'll talk about it uh, after. Yeah. This probably, this is actually why I think this is going to be our last (laughs) episode just because you're not going to be happy with me, but the game is Infernax, which uh, is a noted hated game for you never heard of it no never heard um but no all kidding aside this soundtrack was amazing there's a a few different composers and again if i'd done my research i would know which one wrote this one there's three composers i don't know which one wrote this yeah um but it's my favorite one out of a bunch of good ones and it's called a trace of evil first of all i love the name like a trace of evil like and for those who haven't played it that game Picture like Simon's Quest, like Castlevania 2, but the whole time there's a story going on. And, you know, as, as I think we've talked about, like you can go good or you can go evil with your own choices on things. But if you choose the good path, you slowly start uncovering more and more about like this cult that's like working against your causes and like tapping into this evil that's been unleashed on the land. And, um, this music plays at various points when you're like, you, I think you make like a discovery about like what the cult's latest activity is. And like, well, it's, it's the cult, it's the cult's um, like theme. It, yeah, exactly. So whenever you encounter them uh, and sometimes, you know, if you're on the good path, you'll just encounter them on the street. Yeah. But if you kind of, like if you go on their side, then you'll get into their headquarters and stuff. And that right. this is also also right. playing like their HQ. So it's kind of like their, the red robes, I call them. It's like their, their theme. Which is so cool because like a trace of evil, it's like you're starting to unravel that thread, right? It's like, you're just, but okay. So now to the reason why I love it, there's something so sinister in it. It's just a very sort of like, it's unsettling. And speaking of unsettling, it doesn't resolve. It's like a bunch of notes that kind of play around hmm. resolution, but they never quite get there. Everything's kind of sliding around like like a deception, like a, a an evil person in your midst that you don't know about. Like it's just it's so sinister and it just paints that picture so effectively with a very basic kind of melody. Cool. I should play this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might like it actually.
Okay, so I just realized I, I blabbed on about it a fair bit before we listened to it. <laughs> but the other thing I'll point out is, so there's like two repetitions of the main kind of idea. And I've noticed this a lot in some video game music. The second repetition, the end part of it, where it kind of resolves, will get extended by a few beats. They'll make the idea go just a little bit longer. And it's just a little technique you can employ to kind of give a little bit more irregularity so it doesn't seem so repetitive without taking away from the coherence of it. Hmm. So anyway, awesome track, awesome game. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's an amazing track, uh, amazing game. Um, it's It's been noted on our podcast already, Mark, that I've had a problem with this game in yes. the past. I played it too much. I had to intervene on myself and stop playing. It was occupying all of my time. So I'm very surprised that you would bring it here today <laughs> and tempt me once again to get back into the game. Did you want to cut the podcast short? And... Like, I would. I'd play Infernax for the rest of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, that's not fair to the listeners, so I won't do that. But don't uh, ask me twice. Tim, I'm I'm sorry, and perhaps a trace of evil was actually <laughs> a little too influential on me. Uh, I think it was a little too on the nose. Like, you're trying to, like, <laughs> convince me to, to go, uh, you know, to the dark side a little bit here and just cancel the rest of the podcast and play the game. <laughs> Remember Traces of Evil, Tim? Remember this track when you're turning bad? Remember that time? Oh, oh what's on the TV right now? Full bad? Is yeah. that Infernax title screen I'm seeing? <laughs> you take off your sweater and you've got the Infernax t-shirt on. And my, my gaze is just drawn to your chest and Infernax. <laughs> you wish. Yeah, I'd love to have an Infernax shirt as well. <laughs> yeah. I've um, Whenever Infernax comes out, Mark, I reach over here just right over here and I pull out my sealed copy of Infernax uh, yes. for the Switch. Right. Now, I don't know why I have this because I downloaded the game and I play it on the downloaded version, but I love it so much I just decided to buy the sealed copy well, as well, the hard copy. And you're so, supporting the creators, right? Yeah, yeah. That's true too. Yeah, that's why I did it. That's always a that's good thing why to I do. It. They deserve it. It's a great game. Um, also, I've got a sealed copy of Hades over here for the Xbox, which I definitely need to play. That's coming up soon on my list of games to play. Don't this got Game one. of the Year a couple of years back. Oh, wait. Is that the one that's like you are in Hades and you're just yeah. like beating up on a bunch of people and it's all flashy and... Yeah, it's like a roguelike. So you you like yeah. go in and you... The whole thing is you die like over and over and over again, but you kind of keep the skills that you've oh, earned yeah. and okay. you come back stronger and stronger. But it's supposed to be really, really great. I'm very upset with myself that I haven't played it yet, but I haven't. Uh, it's you know coming what? up soon. Uh, Battle of Olympus was was all the Hades I needed to. Yeah. Battle of Olympus for the NES. Oh uh, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. That was a great never game. played that, but you never did it. Eh? No, I feel like Hades might be a bit better. Mark. Tim, might I disagree, but we okay. will, we'll did get lost. Battle of Olympus ever get game of the year. We'll, we'll get sidetracked. If we talk about this, why don't you, um... Hey, maybe you should bring a track from uh battle of Olympus next time. Tim, maybe I will. Maybe I'll bring something from Hades. If I played it. And we can, okay. our tracks can battle each other. Okay. For the love Mine will of, win. What? Mine will win. Why? Because it's better. Okay. <laughs> That's yet to be seen, Mark. I, I kind of believe you though. I, uh, I tend to lean to NES tracks. I mean, over, I haven't over any other sort of track. Hades game, but well, yeah, neither it can't I, be any better. So no, I think I'm with you. I agree. <laughs> okay. My number six is uh, pretty unique. 
It's from the game that cost me the most amount of money I've ever spent on a game. I purchased it on sale for $99.99. Oh, wow. And then I played the shit out of it. I would hope so. That's what you do when you spend all your money that you've been saving for months on a game. Yeah, no kidding. I went back to it recently um, like because I got really, really good at it when I was younger. And I was like, oh, I'm going to fly through this game like I used to do. And I got utterly destroyed. I don't think I made it out of like the very first level sequence. But at number six from 1990 Strider for mm. the Sega Genesis is Grandmaster's Song by Junko Tamiya. Now, this composer, uh, Mark, actually did Bionic Commando as well. And I say that because you brought a Bionic Commando track to the podcast before. Very different, but... Yeah, but awesome. So this was a really big game for me when it came out. Uh, It was really pushing the graphics and sound of the Genesis at the time. So it was pretty impressive. It's set in a dystopian future and it takes you to some pretty cool locations. You go to the city of St. Petersburg. You go to the Siberian wilderness. You go to some airships. You go to an ancient Amazonian jungle. And the final level is on a space station where you will hear this track as you fight the final boss. Oh, this is the final boss track. Yeah, the final boss is called Grandmaster, so this is the Grandmaster song. Uh, The whole soundtrack had like a really weird vibe to it. It's not a typical Hmm. soundtrack. Most of it sounded like that, but sometimes I'd even pull the music back and just have sounds that were in the music, but without the music. Hmm. It was pretty interesting. Um, Overall, I think they did like a fantastic job of capturing that dystopian feel. Well, now that you mention it's the composer of Iron Commando, I mean, I have to listen to the whole thing. You should check it out. I definitely will. All right, Mark, uh, what's your number six? My number six is from Final Fantasy. Of course, I have to have one from a Final Fantasy game. Of course. It's a tradition at this point. Yeah. Uh, so from, well, it's really six or three in North America. Um, and the track's called Another World of Beasts. Uh, so in this game... This is one where they actually introduced kind of more steampunk elements to it. Um, And there are these creatures called espers that come from basically a different world or a different dimension or something. And they have like magical properties and this evil empire in your world is like harnessing them and figuring out how to take out their essence to, to make their generals like more powerful basically. Um, so this track is the one that plays, it plays at different parts, but this one plays when you're 
actually in that other world in like a not a cutscene, but like a different side scene uh so it's like an alien world basically just picture um so yeah another world another world of beasts uh from final fantasy 6 I really like this one. You better. This, this whole like, that sounded eerily familiar to me. Now, is this a piece that you learned on the piano and played for me before? Yeah, yeah I learned this one on piano. Okay, so that's where I know it from because oh, I heard it. I didn't know the video game music, but I, I knew oh. I heard it from somewhere. So I was, I was Yeah, I used to love the, playing this one. Yeah, yeah, you played this one. This was this was um, really cool. This sounded great on the piano by you, by the way. Well, it's, it's funny. Well, we were talking about a, a YouTube channel called Gab. G-A-B-B, Yeah, G-A-B-B, yeah. He, I don't know, I just discovered him in the process of learning or uh, looking at these uh, tracks. And he plays all these different old NES games on piano. And it really brings out just how awesome some of these tracks are where you don't really get that from the, from the game itself. Somehow on the piano, it just seems so much more impressive in some ways. Anyway, this is one where... First of all, um, and I get, you know, this is one of those music geek things. It's in, it's in a, a seven time. Now, most tracks are in four time or three time. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. This is in seven, which is an asymmetrical time signature. But I've always said if you can figure out a way to make it seem organic and flowing and natural with an asymmetrical time signature. It's a way to keep it interesting and non-repetitive, but it's challenging because you have to come up with a riff essentially that seems like a natural melody and an unnatural, but this pulls it off to the extreme. Uh, and how does it do that? Well, first of all, uh, you'll notice the rhythms are all the same. So it's not jumping around in terms of rhythmic ideas, just as in a seven time. Um, and it doesn't change until it gets to that sort of chorus part, which you talked about, where it's that descending. That's the only time it deviates from that regular mm. pulsing. And it's an interesting effect because it gives it a sense of more action. Right. It's more dynamic. Um, but then, of course, just the harmonies. Like, it's just a very kind of unsettling, uncertain harmonic progression that it goes through until it gets there. And it's very creepy and eerie and otherworldly, which, of course, is, is the intent. Yeah, and it's obviously composed by Uematsu, so we're not surprised well, that he's... I mean... I'm surprised he wasn't going in, like, 14 
know, <laughs> 14 time. I mean, he probably Being was between lazy, the two. Lazy that day. Well, they probably told him not to is what really happened. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, maybe it's a bit ahead, uh, ahead of our time, but our, our kids will love it. Right? <laughs> I hope so. Let's back to the future for anybody who doesn't know oh. what I'm talking about. Oh, right. I know I missed Mark. that. Um, all right. Uh, okay. On to you. All right. Well, let's move on to me then. I only heard this track for the first time this week. Which, uh, when are we at now? Well, uh, we're at number five and I haven't gotten to the title track yet. So <laughs> if you right. just give me a moment to get there, Mark, I'll get I'll, there. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> okay. I had nine tracks picked out. And I was looking for one more, and I came across this gem. And I'd love to be playing a game and hear this track come on. Mm. Because it's just really fun. Um, It seems a bit odd, a bit different. And it definitely contradicts the concept of this game. My number five from Cult of the Lamb is a track called Start a Cult. (laughs) <laughs> this one was a bit confusing for me when you said it. <laughs> it's available on several platforms and it was composed by Narayana Johnson. Uh, now what was confusing the track itself or the name and uh, uh, the game? Uh, yeah. Itself? Like I just, I, I saw the title, I listened to it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to your explanation. I think what got me with this one is like, it's such a weird track for the game it's in for like the concept of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a newer game. It came out in 2022. So is it for like, you just got it on steam or is it for it's on multi multi-platform? Yeah. But it's got like a modern sound to it because it's 2022. I, I find it very catchy and bubbly and fun, but it's, I think the game itself, which is kind of like a really neat idea You play as a lamb tasked with forming a cult to appease an ominous deity that saved your life. And your enemies in the game are rival cults and non-believers. Interesting concept. Really interesting. And the gameplay sounded really elaborate. Hmm. Like you really have to keep your cult members happy. And there's various ways you can go about doing that. And if they're not happy, they're going to leave your cult and that's going to be a problem for hmm. you. So it's, <laughs> it's a lamb starting a cult. It's fucking wild, dude. It's so bizarre. There's some really like satanic kind of elements to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, like, it looked really fun. Hmm. And I just thought 
this wasn't the sound I was expecting out of this game. Like Cult of the Lamb, I was expecting something more sinister, more devious, and then I get this. Well, it sounds like boop, a death boop, metal boop, band boop. name. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, it's really strange. It really just caught my attention, and uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, so, hey, if you're interested in cults, maybe check this game out. <laughs> uh, Mark, you're number five. All right. Uh, we are at Super Ghouls and Ghosts from the Super NES. Uh, Heck, yeah, we are. Well, so the Super NES was always so good, and I'm sure we must have talk- talked about this at taking those legacy games from NES and giving them like an upgrade, upgrading graphics, upgrading sound quality. I mean, I wouldn't say upgrade in music because that's not entirely true. In in the, the case of this game? Uh, in the case of this game, yes. I would say the music in this game is overall better. You think so? I do. Well, I might I might challenge that. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Ghosts and Goblins soundtrack. I mean, it was good. It was iconic in a way, but it's not as many tracks. But not I as like... not as enjoyable to listen to. Like this one. So this is the Ice Forest level. Um, and I mean, you talked about that in the one track earlier, like snow and whatnot. Um, this one's got that kind of like crystalline sound to it that I like, but there's a lot more going on here. So uh, why don't you throw it on and then we'll, we'll chat more. Okay, after hearing it again, I think I'm with you. I think number two is number two is overall better. Yeah, um, it's just it's more mature, uh, and it's not just the sound quality. Like the actual writing itself is more mature. So, what do I mean by that? Well, there's a lot of so-called syncopation, which is like you have some voices kind of going on the beat, duh, 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 and then some that are kind of off the beat. So they kind of like the beat hits, and then they wait till after the beat to voice themselves and there's some complex kind of layering going on in this one with there's like three or four different melodic elements that are all playing playing together um and it it's making a very sophisticated tapestry but again it's not getting lost like you still feel a, a like a a stable beat you still feel a stable melody stable harmony it's never getting lost in the weeds, but there's some interesting things keeping it fresh and, and dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of this track. Uh, Talking Back covered the uh, original and the follow-up, the Super Nintendo version, on a previous episode. So 
Hmm. Um, yeah, these are games that we love and know, know a lot about, but yeah, I, I really do like this track. Um, it was a, it was a nice change of pace in the game, getting to the winter level Yeah, because there'd been so much kind of like, well, I, I guess you, you had like forest, you had water, then you had lava up yeah. to that point yeah. and, and then they kind of progress you to the ice. So yeah. it was, uh, it was cool to get there. It's a little bit later in the game. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a suitable track for the level that you're playing through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move it on. What do we got? Uh, what do All right. Got for number four. My next one is from a property I'm very familiar with, but I've never played the games. Please don't listen to this track after midnight or you'll be sorry. My number four from 1990s Gremlins 2 for the NES is the office theme by Naoki Kodaka. This is another one I just found by like searching YouTube for video game tracks and I came mm -hmm. across and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, the rest of the soundtrack, not as good, but oh. this was like a standout track. I like the start, really great start with that bass that's leading you somewhere, but you don't know where it's going to take you. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, <laughs> a song is just starts when they start out with bass, you're just like, okay, where's it going to go? Mm -hmm. It could go high, it could go low, it could go medium. Who knows what's going to happen? And I always love just that anticipation of where, where you're going to go next. And I liked where it went. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a pretty long track too. It takes a full minute before it loops. Mm. So I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could kind of see this in a Castlevania game. I was just going to say, I see level. this in Simon's Quest. Yeah, it could fit for that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I was kind of drawn to mm -hmm. it. I'd agree with that. As that was going to be my one point. Now you have to come up with another one. No, no. No. I think the moment's gone. Uh, what did you like better, Gremlins 1 or 2? The video game? The movie. Uh, we might have to cut this part out because I I can't remember the, either of them. No, okay. Well, we'll leave it in. But that's a that's a fine answer. I, I think I I mean I definitely watched them at some point. But would probably. you rather have a Mogwai or a Gremlin as a pet? Tim, I can't answer such difficult <laughs> questions live on air. You know that. Okay. Why are you putting me in the spot like this? Okay. Um. Then uh, I guess uh, if you don't want to answer any of my questions, Mark, we'll just move on to your number four. Okay. Thank God. Uh, okay. So this is one of the few that I, well, I guess I discovered this one recently and I've never played the game. People rave about it. I think there was some recent controversy around it with one of the makers, but I don't remember what it was. Um, anyway, the game's called Undertale 
And the track is called Bring It In, Guys, and with an exclamation mark at the end. Um, so, yeah. Uh, again, I have no idea what's happening in the game, except for from the music and the title, which is actually kind of fun. I like envisioning what might be going on, but anyway, take it away. So I, when I was looking this up, I think the game maker, the person who made the game, is this, is the composer. So it's almost like a John Carpenter thing where the music is obviously intimately tied to the game because it's the same person doing both. Um, okay, so this is a very interesting one. I don't I don't know that it actually loops. It's like four minutes long. And just like it keeps going in different directions the entire time. The first like minute is my favorite because it all seems kind of cohesive and it's sort of like playing off these transitions between kind of sort of um, dissonant and kind of like uncertain. And then it'll jump into this like smooth, melodic, like happy kind of like resolution and then back to the rougher stuff and keep kind of toggling between those. And then, uh, yeah, it just, it kind of goes all over the place. I, that, that may even be one of the criticisms I have of it. Although again, having not played the game, I don't know if that's somehow, you know, it's tied to what's going on, but there's like 20 minutes worth of music ideas in four minutes of music. And maybe if it was just a standalone piece of music, I would like to see some of the ideas developed out more, but again, not having played the game, that might be utter nonsense. So I don't know. It's just, it's got a really groovy beat. It's interesting. It's um, engaging. Yeah. I'm familiar with undertale. I haven't played it, but I know it's a big, huge indie hit. I don't really like the soundtrack for the game. Oh really? Eh? Yeah. This was one that this, this didn't do it for me. Hmm. Um, I have looked at other music from the game and nothing really struck a chord with me. And I don't know, like from what you're saying, if the guy designed the game and did the music, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that because that's more than I've done, but I don't dislike it, but um, it's just kind of like, it's just okay. That entire soundtrack is just okay for me. Wow. Yeah. You're probably getting people unsubscribing right now. Yeah, that happens all the time. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, as long as you know the risks. I don't know. I don't know. No, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think well, that. I, I don't I think that's all. I don't think that tra- that soundtrack is whether all that you great. like it or not. Like I, again, like I think it's a good piece of music. 
does it mean that you should like it? No. Yeah, uh, I just don't. It's just not for me. That's all. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I'm, I'm sure it's great. Uh, you know, tremendous accomplishment that someone would design a game and do the uh, sure. music for it. That's yeah, a huge, sure. huge pat on the back. So congrats for that. Um, hey, if it's not your thing, it's not your not thing. Not my thing. And I, I should state again, I haven't played it. So maybe when you play it, maybe all that music works perfectly in the game. Like maybe that, it's that's, just, yeah, it's just that's set perfectly end. to what you're doing. Well, and, and this is to my point earlier, like. Like, there's only so much I can speak about these tracks unless I watch videos of the game on YouTube or something because I never played them. So, I yep. mean, at a certain point, you're not talking about music from a game you played where that can actually play an important part, right? Like, you played it, so it, it you felt the context of the music and you understand where it's coming from and you have that memory associated with it, which can make a difference, right? Oh, definitely. It makes a huge difference. Um, I, you know... I haven't played the game and I think the soundtrack is one of the reasons. Really? Yeah. That bad? Well, just not that bad, but just not that much. Not for me. So it's not pulling you pulling you in. Tim, I feel like we should change the subject. What do you got for number three? Uh, for number three, I have a song from Undertale. Um, <laughs> a First soundtrack all, that song. I, I love. <laughs> now, mo moving on then uh, to another one that I stumbled upon just listening to game tracks. So I knew about this game. Uh, it kind of like piqued my interest. I was interested in it. Never got around to playing it. But this track is just the epitome of chill. Mm. It just, it melts me every time I listen to it. The track is from a game called Tunic from 2022. It is cross-platform. The track is titled Sunrise Breakfast. And it was composed by Life Formed and Janice Kwan. I just love the the piano in mm, this one. It's beautiful. It's basically just a piano piece. They drop in some more modern touches to, you know, make it more interesting. But I actually prefer the track when it's just being played on the piano. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned before, uh, Gab oh, yeah. on YouTube, I found him playing this track. And it's so, yeah, right, so right. beautiful. We like to talk about when the track might be playing in a game. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we try to imagine what's the environment, uh, what's mm -hmm. the situation in the game. So for me, you know, I picture it being near an ocean or on a beach mm -hmm. or like possibly walking in the clouds, something just very visually stunning. Yeah. And I watched a playthrough and this track is being played in an old house 
that has nothing to do in it. And it's basically just a room you unlock and pass through to get to another area. You're basically in it for five seconds. Seriously? And that's it. It's the complete and utter opposite of what I would be expecting. That's so weird. It was so bizarre to me. It's like the most beautiful track in the game. And yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. Even the name, like why would they name it that if that's what's going I don't on? Know. I was expecting some grand <laughs> sequence of some sort. Makes it more intriguing in a way, though. It made me mad, actually. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> come on. This isn't this is not this isn't doing the song justice. Timmy should write a letter to the composer and ask what's going on. Do people still write letters? I don't know. Could be. That'd be pretty impactful nowadays. I feel like we've come so far I think past you letters. Sent a handwritten sent, letter yeah. and you drew an angry face on it. Yeah. And you, sent you it to him. You'd probably it, yeah. get some answers. Probably. Uh will I do that? Eh. You should. Probably not. Okay. Well, it's your loss. Probably not. Mark, what's your number three? So, uh, I think we, I mentioned it earlier when you were going over Chrono Trigger, um, Chrono Cross, um, game I have not played. I'm sure uh, the listeners are getting tired of hearing that, but that's where we're at these days. Uh, so there, you know, I feel like Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross have like solid soundtracks front to back. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are some that stand out more than others. This is the one I would say is probably my favorite, but not by much. Like the whole thing is good. This is one though that I found myself like looking forward to when I was listening to the. So it's called Garden of God, uh, and from Chrono Cross. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to correct you one more time. I think it's called Garden of the Gods. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, I do know about it. Uh, YouTube says Garden of God. Right. So YouTube can't be wrong. Right. So I actually had to search the actual soundtrack, the three-disc soundtrack. And uh-huh. It was on there as... And you found Garden of God? Garden of the Gods. Oh. <laughs> well, then you must have found... So it. you are right that YouTube hasn't named one thing. Right. And, and YouTube is correct. You're welcome to call it that. Yes, everything on YouTube is true. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, play the dab song, would you? So whether it's called Garden of God or Garden of the Gods, um, I think <laughs> you got the idea from the title. Uh, you're in some, I presume, magical kind of place that just feels um, divine. Or yeah. just a bedroom. 
<laughs> yeah, right. That you're passing through for two seconds, either or. Uh, but I mean, there's a feeling of spaciousness. There's a feeling of awe and grandeur that comes out from it. Uh, technically speaking, like slowing it down at parts, like leaving little, inserting little pauses that don't quite disrupt it enough to be annoying, but disrupt it enough to open it up to space, right? It, it doesn't feel rushed. It feels like it's like, it's the kind of thing where if you were in a garden of God, there are all these luscious plants and wonderful things to see. You would take your time and feel a sense of just being very small in a very grand place. That's the feeling it, it evokes for me. Yeah. Well, when you sent it to me, uh, the first thing that I thought was like, if you're going to call your track Garden of the Gods, it better damn well be good mm -hmm. because that's a bold statement. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, name, what do you got? <laughs> Let's hear it. And heck yeah. Do they just mm -hmm. deliver on this super like gorgeous and beautiful and like. It's lush. The word is lush. It's, it's just, it it's, feels it's, full of life. It's like majestic. Yeah. It's um like otherworldly in a way. You yeah. just feel like you're being lifted up into the heavens or something like that. Like something so fantastical should be happening to your character at this time. Um, I really, really like this track. Mm. This was a big hit for me out of your list. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Well, we are at number two. Well, um, number two is my obligatory Castlevania track. I like mm -hmm. to slot them in here. This is from a game I played a couple years back and I had a really good time with it. From Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance from 2002 for the Game Boy Advance. The track is called Successor of Fate, and the composer is Soshiro Hokai. So this soundtrack was actually panned by critics. Yeah. Uh, I would have panned it. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think they do some interesting things with the soundtrack, mm. but it doesn't feel like Castlevania to me. No. With, in my opinion, the exception of this song. I think this has enough Castlevania going on that it, it sort of worked for me. But um, I find it, you know, pretty interesting. Like... It has, it's got a little bit of the Castlevania tone, and then I think it just goes off on an adventure. Hmm. So I don't think it stays close enough to home to kind of be like a really quality Castlevania track, but 
you know, I like it. I still like hearing it. Maybe, maybe because it was the best track in the game. Maybe that's why I kind of like, sure. um, you know, associated it, it, yeah. as one that I like, but yeah, you, um, well, here's, here's you end my... up, um, this, this, sorry, just before you, you, before you rip on this track, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you kind of get to this near like the end of the castle. So you've mm-hmm. gone through a whole bunch of the castle and this is one of the like near the end parts. So uh, it came in at a good time mm. and yeah, I, I like it. I like it. No, I, that's fair. I, I was just going to say, like you said, it's like you're going off an adventure. My problem is it's like you're going off on four different adventures because it just kind of jumps all over the place. And like, unlike with some of the tracks we've listened to already where there's variance in where it goes, but it stays cohesive. This one to me is not cohesive. It feels like it's a composer flailing around for different ideas and in and of themselves, they're okay. You can make a track around them, but when you fling five different ones together, it just sounds kind of contrived and, and, uh, uncertain is all. Um, so, I mean, do I hate it? No, but, do I think it's like, you know, uh, of the level of the Pantheon and the Castlevania series at that point? No, I don't. I don't think it belongs. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I don't think it's at the level. I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it doesn't belong. I think it's a good track. Um, maybe from a technical standpoint, like you're pointing out, you're. I would say you're correct because I don't really know like the technical side of that stuff, but. The composer only did this game and the follow-up game, Aria of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two games he's ever done. And he did the like he did both of the full soundtracks. So mm-hmm. you know, something went wrong, right? Like well, if, yeah. if, if people loved if people loved what he was doing and it was good, he maybe would have continued on. I don't know, maybe that's not the case. You know, but, I was, um, I I was just, about to criticize the names Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. They sound really cheesy. And then I remember it's Symphony of the Night. I mean, it's hard to say that Symphony of the Night is a much is less cheesy than those names, but those somehow seem more tryhard. Well, I mean, what me. do you do at that point, right? You're at like Castlevania game number ten. Would you just call it Castlevania ten? Uh no, you're right. But I mean Harmony of Dissonance, that's just that sounds You don't I agree you don't need that, but it sounds like you need a something. wanker came up with that title. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to shit a on wanker? it. So a wanker. <laughs> well, define a wanker for everyone. Oh, well, it's like a English term, like okay. a British term. Like an, he's an asshole. Came yeah, up with like that? A, just a, a fucking tool. Okay. Yeah. Per, yeah, maybe someone who's a bit too pretentious. That, yeah, that's it. Like harmony of dissonance, Aria yeah. of sorrow. It's like very they, pretentious. They tried a bit too hard. With and it. The, and the track itself seems a little pretentious to me because it's like trying too hard to. Well. Let's come up with a better one. Like we could do like Harmony of Terror. Would even that be would actually be a lot better. Yeah. Harmony of Terror. Just, I'd be all over that. Need to dumb it down a little bit. And like Aria of Tears. Even. I was thinking Tears. Yeah. Holy there shit. You there you go. Already you read my better. fucking mind, Mark. Aria of Sorrow. Like fuck off. Yeah. That's bullshit. Harmony of Terror and Aria of Tears. Those are way better. Those are way better names. names. We so, did it. It's just to show you the quality. If we can come up with that on the spot while we're half cut. <laughs> okay now let's make new soundtracks for both games <laughs> uh easier said than done i just like to shit on music i don't like to write it anymore my first track will be successor of fart <laughs> all right i'm in okay okay so my number two now 
Yeah, you're number no, two. No, I'm nervous now because I just shit all over your game. Um, How dare you shit no, on my I know game. You're not I, gonna... I previously shot on your game, so we're even. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're not going to shit on this one because no, I know I you love not. this game. Love, you introduced love, me to this game, so Firewatch. Um, fucking cool game. And the prologue is what we're going to listen to, but it's the second half of it. Again, this prologue kind of goes through. See, there's an example of changing it up midway through, but it still seems like it all flows together. And so it's not disjointed. Like it makes sense where it goes. So the second half of the prologue is what I want to listen to. Um, Yeah, we'll talk more after. Okay, so before we get into that, what I like so much about this, Mark, is in our last episode, I brought Firewatch Prologue to the episode. Oh, wait, but you played a different track from Firewatch, though. No, I didn't. I played Prologue. Now, this is interesting that you don't even know what what I'm talking about, but I only played the first half. Are you serious? I played the first minute. You did because... prologue, and I'm totally cooling out on that. Yeah, and but now it's, I feel it's, embarrassed. No, it's working perfectly because I played the first half because I can only play. I'm only playing about a minute of each track, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I played the first minute of prologue. Prologue's three minutes long. Yeah, I thought you were purposefully playing off of what I did because <laughs> no. you liked the second part better. <laughs> I, just, I just totally forgot that you this said is that. this is like a Bob Ross happy I accident. You, I, it is, but I thought you played the. Um, that like no, I pro- I played prologue. I wanted to start at the beginning. But you you did a song was I thought it was from Firewatch where like you find this little secret area, or was that a different game? And you hear like a recording of a song. I we were probably talking about that offline. Shit, dude. Well, no, this is great though because okay, okay. I look. I said in the last episode I wanted to do <laughs> Firewatch in order. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and you're inadvertently like doing it as in order as possible. Like you're not you even like... going to the next track. You're going to the second half of the first That's track crazy. that I played. The thing is, so you like the first half better than the second half of prologue? No, but I just played the first okay, half because okay, I can't okay, play three okay. and a half minutes of prologue right. on the podcast because Tim, I, I we'll lose like, more listeners. I feel like we need <laughs> true. I feel like we need to listen to the second half now. Yeah, so, okay, so never mind the fact that we had already talked about... So you did that on purpose, right, Mark? No, I totally didn't. We talked about it it's uh, while the track was playing. You did it's that embarrassing, all right? I You don't have to rub it in. However, that game has an incredible kind of feel to it where it sucks you into the story, and it's not, like, all in all pleasant. 
Like it, it's weird. Parts of the game seem very like relaxing almost, but like the undertones are all kind of dark and a little bit twisted. And um, that music, it, it's got that, it's very simple piece, but the way they, the effects they make on the instrument make it sound a little bit more somber, a little bit more dark. And um, it really creates a, a mood that I think pervades the game. And, uh, you know, you played it all the way through. I just watched you play a little bit, but I don't know. It just has an ambiance. It has a, a feel to it that is, I find, very, very immersive. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I chose it not, not to build on the seeds that you planted last time, unfortunately. <laughs> Okay. Well, I gave you every opportunity. I know. To I know. That I know. you did that on purpose, but I'm too honest. Uh, it's a great opening track to that game. That's all I'll say. It's yeah. a perfect, yeah. perfect opening. Fair enough. All right, man. Now down to my number one. Yep. This is a track I've mentioned before on the show. The game was out before the internet was readily available. So if I wanted to hear this track, I actually had to beat the game to hear it. So I'd play through the game over and over just to listen to this track from 1989's Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. The track is the ending theme composed by our boy Hip Tanaka. Hip Tanaka, legend. Super Mario Land for the Game Boy is actually a great game. It's probably one of my top Mario games. Mm. It's just, it's really, really fun. Uh, yeah, but I'd start playing this game a few hours before bedtime <laughs> so that I could like get to the final song here, Yeah, which just loops if you leave your Game Boy on. And then I just kind of like listen to it to help me relax and try to fall asleep. Um, I obviously wouldn't fall asleep with it playing because the Game Boy is powered by batteries. Mm -hmm. And when you're a kid, batteries are very hard to come by. Sure. Your parents aren't like, hey, I'm very excited to rush out to the store to get you more batteries. That was like, maybe in a week or two, I'll get you new batteries. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. So, hey, um, shout out to rechargeable batteries. Mm -hmm. When they came along, I thought that was the greatest invention in the world. I didn't have to rely on the parents anymore. I could just charge them. But they sucked. Their charge was just shit. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everyone's enjoying my rant on batteries right now. <laughs> um, more, more about batteries later. 
But <laughs> uh, I just think it's an amazing accomplishment to uh, create a track this good on the original Game Boy hardware. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's so limited. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Tanaka's created almost like a song. Like, he's moved out of the realm of track and almost into the realm of an actual song with this one. Hmm. It's so melodic. It's so Yeah, I can see, like, uh, some singing over top of that. Yeah. Kind of like anime style or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, it's just a very, uh, it's got that classic kind of old video game sound to it. It's, like, um, sentimental, kind of nostalgic. Totally. Sort of harmonies and, like, descending bass lines and... um, yeah, no, I mean, and for the Mario uh, family of games, it, it absolutely belongs as like an ending piece, right? It's always yes. got that. Every Mario game has that kind of like fun, cute little retrospective theme going on as the end credits roll or whatever, right? Yeah, this is one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. Uh, it starts with that nice lullaby style opening, mm-hmm. um, just with like a single tone. And then it becomes like much more robust the further you go. And it's played over like a really great ending to the game because you've just saved Princess Peach mm-hmm. and the two of you climb into an airplane, which looks like a rocket ship. I don't know if it's an airplane or a rocket ship, but then you just fly off into the clouds and you disappear and then the credits roll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just mean, an all time favorite. Who, who doesn't want to do that, right? Exactly. Mark. All right. Well, we're I'm... down to the last track, and okay. it is your number one. What is it? Well, uh, from an NES game, which I guess is what like four or five of mine are NES, um, called Legendary Wings, which uh, was actually a really fun game. Again, I'm very familiar with Legendary Wings. Yeah, these games were classics. So they're kind of weird. Like you go and you fight a devil, and all the script is like really weird font and anyway um when you play it every level there's like a little bonus level that you have to find they're not always that easy to find and when you get sucked into them uh you're like in there collecting a bunch of bonus points now there's still danger and stuff happening like you're still you can still like die and do stupid shit if you get too greedy you can yeah yes they set up a different kind of trap (laughs) however however if you know what you're doing like they're really great little bonuses to your game and the level is called lucky (laughs) and it's really just about collecting a bunch of bonus shit so it's like yeah well anyway we'll have a listen and we'll talk
yeah, so what do we got? We got a very groovy bass line. Do, 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 I mean, it's just like, it's so like universally just like a fun little beat. I'm sure like it, you could probably have heard it in 20 different songs from 20 different genres. But the interesting thing is, so you just have that going and that's, you're kind of like, uh, again, I always use this example, but it's like your anchor that keeps you in there. Then you have over top of it a more chaotic, improvisational kind of um, busy melody going over top. And but the whole time that bass is anchoring it, and and that's that bass to me that that that's repeating motive is kind of tied in with the whole bonus thing. Like, it's like, no matter what happens, you're still having a good time. You're still kind of just grooving to the level. And then you have this like sense of delusion and delirium from like, you know, bonus from going on. And that's what that whole busier part is representing is like, you're it's like, honestly, you could listen to this and be high on like opium on a beach somewhere. <laughs> and it would totally fit just as well. That was just to take a random example. I, I've never done that. But if I were to ever do that, this would probably be the music <laughs> I'd listen to. I love the, love the backtracking on that one, Mark. Yeah. Uh, that, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I mean, Shh. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I feel like if you're on the beach on opium, like anything would work. Any yeah, type of music would work. Uh, yeah, but but like you, I've never done that before. So Yeah, right. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I loved this game as a kid. Mm-hmm. And the reason was you start this game out and it's like a top down shooter. You're flying around. Yeah. And then when you get sucked into one of those holes, like you were talking about, there's not just like the lucky bonus level. There's bad ones. There's like big, like demon heads yeah. that suck you in. Right. And then that's another level altogether. Yeah. But now it's a side scrolling shooter. Yeah. So what this yeah. felt like the first time I played it was like I was getting two games in one mm-hmm. because games typically weren't like that. Yeah. You would just get, you either get a side scroller, you either get a top down, um, but you don't get both. So yeah. it was so rewarding as a kid to play this game and realize it's giving you two different things. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. And um, yeah. Kind of like Link a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely like, um, yeah. Uh, the Adventure of Link. Yeah. Number two. But yep, fun game, great track. Love those bonus levels. Definitely mm-hmm. got killed in them being too greedy. Oh, sure. You feel like an idiot when you get killed in a bonus level, but they did it on purpose. The The weapons in this game were so cool. Yeah, like, they were good. You start off with like a little tiny gun that looks like you're shooting peas. Yeah. And there's so many different levels to step up yeah. and get better and better and better until you get to the end and like your body's glowing and emitting like a full beam out of your entire body out the front. Right. And you just decimate anybody around you. It's so cool. Great choice though. That's a super fun track. I'm a big fan of legendary wings. Uh, Kind of had forgotten about it though. So I like that you brought this back to the table here. All right. Well, then I did my job. All right. Well, Mark, that's it. We made it. We made it. Uh, I appreciate you joining. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. And I love these conversations. And like you say, we'd probably be having them anyway, whether we recorded them or not. So we talk about this shit all the time anyways. So 
It's a good we're just, topic. We're just putting them together mm-hmm. in an ep- in an episode here. Uh, cool. All right. Well, everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us here at Talking Back, uh, please just uh, tell your friends about Talking Back. Share an episode with them. Or you could uh, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can head on over to buymeacoffee.com. Or you can check out Patreon, where you can sign up to be a member and gain access to exclusive episodes. That's our favorite. Uh, That's what we think you should do. Check it out. Lots of fun stuff over there. Close to 70 bonus episodes, and you can unlock them all for five bucks. So you should do that. Actually, it's free for seven days, so you can unlock them for zero dollars. So go unlock them, binge them for seven days, and then quit. We don't care. It's fine. (laughs) Mark, thanks again. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.